0: we like to talk about community personal finance which is alternatives but sourced and helped through a community and so the alternatives when you mention the alternatives to your neighbor while they're talking about their 401k they're going to look at you like you're nuts syndications alternatives that's scary stuff and my thought is alternative investments that's where you live that's that's where you store your stuff that's where you go out to eat that's where you shop it's where you go to work real estate right that how is that alternative welcome to the threefold real estate investing podcast
2: Welcome back, three full listeners. I hope you're having a great week. we got a great guest today. I'm really excited to share with you. Jim Pfeiffer is joining us uh, from Columbus, Ohio, just up 71 from me here, uh, down closer to Cincinnati. Uh, I've got a lot to say about him and this group he runs, but I'm just going to go ahead and read his bio first and then we'll bring him in. Uh, but, but Jim um, is one of the founders of Left Field Investors, uh, this awesome group. Like I said, we're going we're gonna to get more into that. And he's also the host of the Passive Investing uh, from Left Field podcast. Uh, Leftfield Investors is a group dedicated to educating um, and assisting like-minded investors. Um, Jim not only advises and helps people get started in passive real estate syndication, he also invests alongside them in small groups to allow diversification uh, among multiple investments and syndication sponsors. Jim believes the most important factor in a successful syndication is finding a sponsor that he knows, likes, and trusts. Love that. Get more into that. A little bit about Jim going further back. He earned a degree in finance and marketing. Uh, from the University of Oregon and a master's in business from the Ohio State University. Um, I shouldn't be saying that so confidently. They just got smoked this past weekend. So a little bit down on the Ohio State University, but uh, I've got three kids, um, loves to ski, play Ultimate Frisbee, and cheer on the Buckeyes. Jim, are you hurting like I am?
0: Yeah, I've just kind of blacked that out, to be honest, (laughs) I'm I'm not, it didn't happen. Yeah, let's not talk
2: about it. Good, let's move on. Let's talk real (laughs) estate. We're here to talk real estate. Yes, not, sir. Our, not our Buckeyes, who, man, has the tide turned uh, on that. Meeting. Yes. Anyway, Jim, good stuff. Hey, so a lot there, and we're going to get into a lot of that. Definitely want to talk about left field investors. I love that group. Um, You, you know, I, I'm a part of that. We just had a, a great meetup Um, a little while ago. We'll get into all that. But Jim, can you take us all the way back? What were you doing before real estate, uh, before you got into it and all that? And then how'd you get into it? What, what got you interested
0: yeah. Uh, you know, I was an accidental landlord, is, is how that happened. We right. had our uh, third kid, and our house was too small. We built a new one, and it was perfect timing in 2008 uh, to try to sell a house. And that's facetious yeah. for those of you that don't remember, but we couldn't <laughs> sell our house. So we rented it out for five years, and I absolutely hated it uh, mm. because I was managing it myself, had a great tenant, but I just didn't like having to, you know, do any change a light bulb or whatever you needed to be done. Yep. And after five years, I was ready to be done with it. And I kind of looked at the financials of it. I thought, hmm, this is okay. But, um, and I went to sell it. My uh, real estate agent said, well, why don't, why don't I just uh, manage this for you? And we noticed that, you know, hey, I had the house paid off. And he's like, well, why don't you just buy a couple more, get a loan on that one, buy a couple more. And so I did that and basically turned one asset, cash flowing asset into three cash flowing assets. The nice. return on your home equity is always zero, right? So yep. I financed that. Now I had three cash flowing assets, and I had someone to manage them for me, uh, nice. which made all the difference. And yes. so that got me off and running into real estate. And at the same time, I was uh, kind of getting into the financial advising world, and and I was I, I was always a big in the stock market, mutual funds. Right out of college, I was stuffing money in my four hundred one k. And as I became a financial advisor, they they teach you, they give you education. And as I was learning about money, I was a real estate investor at the same time. And I realized, wait a second, all the stuff they're teaching me about paper assets and, and how to maximize your wealth, it really does better over here in real estate with real assets. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so the, the more I was learning about financials from my financial advising company, the more I was learning that real estate is the place to go. And so you know, I was, I was an advisor for about seven years, but- at the end, I was doing all real estate, and, and I prided yeah, myself wow. in always putting my clients in the same investments as I was in. But I couldn't do that with real estate because I wasn't licensed and I didn't get paid right. for it. So eventually, I knew I had to get out of uh, financial advising and go full time into real estate. So I did active investing for a while, which I thought at the time was passive, and I wasn't very good at it. I wasn't a good asset manager. You know, all the properties yep. they didn't cash flow like I expected. But when I sold them, I made a bunch of money because the market saved me. Sure, and that's yeah, when I realized. Yeah. I wanted to be a passive investor and hire someone to be my asset manager. And so that's what I've been doing for the last number of years. And my results are better. My life's better. Everything's better because yeah. of it. I'm making more money because of it. And so I'm I'm just really excited about uh, passive investing.
2: Yeah, yeah. So many good things there, Jim. I mean, uh, I, I think a lot of people, you know, have some similar situation where they might become an accidental landlord. They kind of stumble into it. Um, so like you said, after five years of, of managing it and, and it was easy, but you didn't like it. Um, I, I had a similar experience. The only thing I've ever managed was a duplex. And again, I mean, like you said, I had great residents. They were easy. I just didn't like it. Um, I didn't enjoy yeah. it and I knew I don't want to do more of this, and you're kind of the same spot. But you look at the financials and you're like, well, but I would like to do more of this. Financially, this is great, right? So you get a few more, and the game changer is having somebody manage it for you. And so I'm I'm a big advocate of that as well. Even if you want to be active, I, especially as you get started. I think let somebody else manage it. I mean, I know when I got into multifamily, it was just a 16 unit, but it seemed so big to me. But as soon as I was like, well, but somebody else is going to manage that. And this is nothing to them. Then it was like, it, it clicked and it's like, well, this isn't that big of a deal because it's it's going to be easy for them. So you, you kind of got over that hurdle, but at the same time, you said something really important as you got a few more, even though you weren't the one managing it. So you certainly weren't as active as if you were the one, you know, um, that was responsible for fixing the toilets and going and collecting the rent and, uh, evicting somebody. If, if that has to happen, you're not doing all those things. So you're not as active as you could be. But you're still active maybe talk a little bit more about that because I think that's very important that if you're the general partner if if you're the one that signs on the loan if you're the one you know kind of at the end of the day responsible as you, you named it right the asset manager, even though you may not be the property
0: manager to some degree you're still active. can you talk a little bit more about that Yeah so I thought I was passive investing I was so the, the first three properties I bought the property manager was awesome this this real okay. estate um, agent. But he was also their Class A properties and really yeah, nice suburban. You easy. know, it wasn't it wasn't that that difficult to be honest. But it got me into you know I started looking at turnkey, so I was buying turnkeys in Memphis and in Indianapolis. Uh, I was buying, I bought, I found out one door was awesome, so why wouldn't four be better? So right. I thought I'd go buy a fourplex, and I got you know talked into buying a twenty-two unit. Well, the problem was I was trying to be passive, meaning I was the asset manager, so I didn't even know what that was. And I was having property managers do everything for me, but the property managers were ineffective and they weren't doing the things yeah. I wanted them to do. You know, in the multifamily, I, I really had it wrong. I wanted to, I thought that my cash flow should pay for renovations, right? But that's Ooh, not how it yeah. works. What I needed yeah. to do was clear everybody out, renovate, and then put people in. But I, I didn't do that. And I wasn't ready to do that. And I didn't understand I needed to do that. So it's constant conflicts with the property managers. On my turn, single family turnkeys, I went through two, three, four property managers and I just couldn't find a quality property manager. And it was taking up all of my time managing the property manager. So if you have an excellent property manager, maybe you can be a little bit more passive. But if you own the property and you are in charge of it, meaning when something goes wrong, somebody's going to come to you and say, hey, there's something wrong with this property. You're not passive, you're active. Now, if you're in a syndication and you're an LP, if something goes wrong and the air conditioning unit blows up, not my problem. I might right. hear about it in the monthly or quarterly report, but yep. no one's coming to me and saying, Hey, Jim, there's something wrong with my air conditioning unit. You know, and that's the yep. difference is I think a lot of turnkey people or people that buy turnkey properties or similar things, they think they're being passive, like I thought, and yep. the cash flow just wasn't there because something always went wrong. Now the market saved me, as I said, so I right. still made money on all those, but I, I was just I was not a good asset manager and you need a good asset manager and a great property manager to be successful at real estate. And that's what I've realized. And so now I hire other asset managers and task them with finding the property manager and taking care of the asset.
2: Yeah. And I'm glad you said that, Jim, and, and being, um, you know, humble in that, you know, the market saved you because I think today it's, it's wise to think that way because you really have to count on that cash flow. If the cash flow is not there, you don't know that the market's going to save you. Sure. For the last decade, it has. I mean, everything's yes. gone up, you know, for a straight decade, but it doesn't always. And already we're starting to see, you know, it's rolling over a little bit. And I mean, none of us know if it's really going to go down and how far down it's going to go. But, you know, this just shows people, I mean, hey, just if you're investing in the stock market, I think you see now after a decade of what seemed like straight up, we're down on the year. We're going to end the year down and down significantly. So hopefully people are starting to realize, okay, you know not everything goes up and even if your property doesn't go up if you're managing it really well like you laid out there jim you're still going to cash flow and that's what's right. important that that's going to hold you and sustain you so then you can sell whenever it makes sense but if you're not cash flowing and you're forced to sell that's when you can actually lose money um and, and and so thank you for laying that out and then um you know talking about property management and asset management totally agree with you there um and and jim has kind of set it up for us that, that you know the asset manager the buck stops with you Sure. The property manager is going to be doing a lot of things, but when something goes wrong and somebody has to decide what to do, that's you, that's the asset manager. And a really good asset manager is very involved in the property. I mean, that's, that's what we do here at 3 We're, you know, we want to do that full time. We're the asset managers. And I mean, yes, we have third-party property management. I have no interest in being a property manager, but I am talking to them all the time. I mean, every yeah. single day we're talking to our property managers, we're out at the property. So we're very active. And yet We still need a property manager. So you're you're absolutely right, Jim. You need a property manager. You also need an asset manager. And that asset manager has to be very active. So if you've got both of those things, now you're passive. But if you're either of those things, certainly if you're both, you're active and and, and potentially very active. So Jim, you figured this out. Um, We're educating people on that now. You're you're doing a lot of that. We'll get more into the, the education you guys are doing there at Left Field. But for you, Jim, so what was the next step? So how did you make that transition when you decided... I want to be really passive. I want to have a property manager and an asset manager between me and the property. How'd you go about that?
0: Yeah, well, I, I stumbled into it just like I stumbled into real estate, right? I, mm. I went to a, uh, the real estate guys had a syndication seminar. They okay. do those, yeah, I think, those quarterly or so, or maybe semi-annually. Mm. But I went there uh, thinking I wanted to be a syndicator. I wanted to buy apartment buildings and, and be an operator. And I got there and I quickly realized, nope, I want a, this LP thing that they're talking about. That sounds pretty good. And I, I wanted to invest in other people's deals. And, and so I, I kind of, I realized that while I was there, but I, I had no clue what I was doing. And so, you know, as usual, when I have no clue what I was doing, I just jump in, right? And so I met people at this, uh, at this seminar and they're operators. And I, I had this old 401k in a self-directed IRA burning a hole in my pocket. And I just started handing it out to people. Oh, hi, you're a syndicator. My name's Jim. Here's some money. You know, that's basically <laughs> how I vetted my sponsors. And it was um, not the best way to do it. Now, some of those deals have been fine. Some have been not fine. And that was my first uh, way of, of finding sponsors. And obviously, you know, I've improved it since then. I've kind of had three yeah. stages. So that was stage one. Then I started selling my, um, my active investments because okay. I just, I knew I was done with that. And I started putting, you know, some, some non-retirement money, which I, you know, I probably have it backwards there, but I value that a little bit more because it's money I'm, I'm using now, right? Rather than something 20 years from now, or I guess 10 yep. years from now. Um, so I, I started listening to a bunch of podcasts. And that's how I was finding sponsors. So I'd listen to a podcast and I'd call the the person on the podcast. I'd have an hour-long conversation with them. They'd send me a deal. Maybe I'd talk to him for another 20 minutes and then I'd have to make the decision do I wire this person 50 or 100 grand or not, right? And I had no way of knowing are they a really awesome marketer and that's why their podcast is so great or are they a good operator? And there was no way to know that. So that that was how I was finding sponsors and that was better, better than my first, you know, just throwing money at somebody. So it was an improvement, but it wasn't, It wasn't really that great either because you just can't get a sense because these are long-term illiquid investments and you have no control at all over them after you've sent your wire. So to figure out if someone's a good operator or not, I can't invest money and wait five years and then think, okay, now now I know whether they're good or bad, right? right? So now the way I find and evaluate sponsors is I only invest in a sponsor that's new to me if... They were introduced to me by somebody in my community who I know, like, and trust who's already invested with them. Yeah, That I doesn't mean it. they have to have gone full cycle, but they've been in the deal long enough to know that the wire landed someplace legit. They're sending out distributions or reports as promised and things look like they're going okay. Then now I still do all the same due diligence and dig into them and ask them questions and all that, but I'm starting from, you know, hundred steps forward. It's, a, it's trust right. transfers, right? And so yeah. that yeah. has made... All the difference in how I evaluate sponsors now. And that has allowed me then to completely exit all of my active investments. I only have one left because my brother in law is living there. But other than that, you know, we don't own any property other than through uh, real estate syndications. I love that concept,
2: Jim. So um, I know the answer to this because I, you know, I'm part of the group now. But so how did that evolve? Um, You want, so obviously, if you want to keep investing, Jim, you need to know more people, right? You need to increase your network, increase your community so that when you're, vetting more deals, you have a better opportunity that, that someone knows them or knows somebody that knows them, right So um, yeah, kind of just talk us through the the
0: progression of, of this um, community that you've built. Yeah, well, let, let me back up real quick and just say what, sure. one last thing about finding sponsors because you know the yellow pages, well, for those of you that are old enough to know the yellow pages, that's a great great to find a restaurant, right because uh-huh. if you have one bad meal that that's fine. But if you're looking for an accountant, an attorney, a property manager, an asset sure. manager, you're not going to use the yellow pages, right? That's where you're going to use your community and your network. And so that's why I think it's so yeah. important because people you trust have used somebody they are going to recommend it. So that, that's, that's what I do now. I use professionals to do stuff. I don't do my own taxes anymore. I don't write up my own legal documents anymore. I used to try to do that to save a couple hundred bucks and it's not worth it. So pay right. professionals to do stuff. And that includes asset managers and property right. managers. But as far as the community, yeah, I needed a, a community because I wanted to, learn from others and and teach others and so we started this a small 12 person uh, little dinner club in Columbus um that we were going to you know just trade stories about passive investing and go out to dinner once a month and you know our first meeting was March 18th 2020 which is when you know the world shut down for the pandemic so <laughs> We never met, and in fact, the first time we met was the meeting you were at in October, our our left field meetup. But really, the intent of Left Field Investors was we were going to start this little twelve-person mastermind, and so many people that heard about it through either my neighbors or friends or you know former financial advising clients heard about it, and they kept wanting to to join because there's a huge interest in this. So we slowly grew it, and it was easy because it was virtual, right? You could we could get some great guests on our uh, Zoom meetings because everyone was sitting at home with nothing to do. Yep. And so quite unintentionally, this group grew to now you know more than 1,200 members of Left Field Investors. That's and awesome. we really are just dedicated to helping people learn how to become passive investors and providing a network for them to get that education and to find others that are like-minded. And we say like-minded a lot. And I don't mean everyone thinks the exact same thing when we walk around like robots. What I mean is like-minded. People who want to maybe instead of, you know, cramming money in their 401k, want to find a different way to build wealth for their families that creates time freedom and, you know, or or whatever you're trying to build with with your wealth, but it's going to affect your life. And that's what we're trying to do. And we're trying to broaden the message because if you walk outside your front door and you look at your neighbor and you say, hey, let's talk about personal finances, right? They're going to talk about conventional, traditional finance, their 401k, their IRA, Mm -hmm. the mortgage rate or the interest rate on their mortgage, and you know we at left field investors we like to talk about community personal finance which is alternatives but sourced and helped through a community and so the alternatives when you mention the alternatives to your neighbor while they're talking about their 401k they're going to look at you like you're nuts syndications alternatives that's scary stuff and my thought is alternative investments that's where you live that's that's where you store your stuff that's where you go out to eat that's where you shop it's where you go to work, real estate, right? That how is that alternative and these paper assets that have no current benefit that you put your money in and you hope one day that you can sell that at that paper asset for more than you bought it, right? right. With no current benefit, or nope. you can go over these scary alternatives, invest in a real asset that you can look at and touch that provides a current benefit in the form of cash flow. And then hopefully, you know, it, there's some appreciation on the back end. But as you said earlier, your main focus is the cash flow and yeah. so that that's kind of how i look at it and left field investors our whole purpose is to serve that community grow that community so more people can get exposed to this and more people can be on the journey to financial freedom whatever that means to you it could mean ditching the w2 it could mean reducing the hours it could just you know whatever it is that that's your your choice but it you know you can't get financially free in the stock market if you look at all the wealthy people you've ever heard of or you know tell me one that's made money in the stock market you make money by buying businesses or owning real estate. That's how you build wealth that can well, change your life.
2: Yep, yep. Yeah, really well said. And Jim, uh, as you were kind of setting that up, that, that's kind of how the name Left Field came about, right? That that if you try to talk to your neighbor about alternative investments, it's kind of they're going to look at you like, man, you're way out in Left Field, right? Is that kind of where the name came yeah, from? Yeah,
0: ev- everyone thinks we're big baseball fans, but that, that's how the name came out. <laughs> and because uh, when I was a financial advisor, and I was getting into this real estate stuff. My colleagues, former colleagues would all say, oh, Jim, he's way out in Left Field with that stuff. But it's the same, right? It's also if you talk to your neighbor, they're like, oh, you're nuts. And um, so everything in our community is baseball-themed, although we we aren't really baseball fans.
2: <laughs> yeah, because that left field. I love that, Jimmy. And, and, yeah, going back to what you were saying when you were, you know, a financial advisor or wealth manager, I mean, it's so true that it's just wild that they, you know, real estate's not a part of it. Um, and, and and I think you just make such a great point. While it may sound like it's out in left field, you're like, these are the houses you live in. These are the apartments. you Like, what's more – just um I don't know blue collar and tangible and 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 real than a building that, s- that people live in compared to yeah anybody can go invest in Tesla where where Elon says I mean Tesla's worth every other car manufacturer combined because they've got this brilliant idea that's gonna maybe change the world and they've you know barely made a dime in 10 years but someday they're going to right like right so oh, love how you set that up and then and, and Jim you know the community of left field investors I, I'm just not surprised at all that you had such a demand for it, because if you want to get really into real estate, almost all of the coaching and teaching is how to be active. So you can yeah. go find a program around any corner to teach you how to go syndicate. And, and there are probably too many of them and, and too many people getting into it. But with the passive side, there's not. And then again, you go to traditional investing and no one talks about real estate. Cause it's like, you kind of can't, right? So there's such yeah. a market for this. So, I'm um, so glad you guys built this community and you can tell it's just blown up because people are just seeing, so much value and there's so much demand for it because people are saying, I mean, especially this year, right, Jim, like people are starting to go, yeah, I guess the stock market doesn't always go up. And I guess, you know, the fed turns off the spigot and starts going the opposite direction. All of a sudden it crashes and wow. You know, and now we're maybe we're headed for a recession. Meanwhile, real estate, you know, if you've got cash flowing real estate, you're doing just fine. Um, You know, rents aren't going anywhere. So um, I think there's such a demand for it. So what are some of the things that you guys offer there, Jim, If, if somebody's interested in left field investors, um, there's so much, but just kind of yeah. what would somebody be, you know, what would be available to them if they start looking into left-field investors?
0: Yeah, there, there, there's two parts to it. One is uh, completely free and the other is $199 for the year. Uh, but the the free part, you know, we do al- almost weekly or even twice a week. Now we're doing different webinars. They're either uh, yeah. lunch and learns where someone will come on and talk about an asset class or an investment strategy, or we'll do deal webinars where one of our trusted partners will come on and, and talk about one of their deals. And, and a lot of times... They will have uh, improved terms, better terms for our yep. community if we hit certain investment thresholds um, as as a group. So that's some of the stuff. We also have a monthly meeting, the fourth Monday of every month. We have, you know, there's we have a blog, we have a master class which kind of takes you from the start, you know, what is a syndication all the way through to how to evaluate a sponsor and how to analyze a deal. So there's just a lot of content that'll help you learn on there. And then the, the paid site, you know, there's some investing tools that help you analyze the deal, screen sponsors things like that. There's also one of the most popular features is our forum where, you know, people are talking about uh, you can post something on, Hey, has anybody ever heard of threefold? And, and uh, then people, you know, start saying, yeah, I've heard of them. They're great. Or, you know, whatever. There's just a lot of talk on sponsors, asset classes, different deals, you know, different investing strategies and and things like that. So there's just, there's a ton of content there. And then the, uh, if you really want to dive into the community and get to know more people, the the infield community, our membership community is the way to do that.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and that's all at leftfieldinvestors.com, right, Jim? Just spelled out.
0: Yep, yeah, it is, and, and there's a there's a subscribe button on the top right. That's the best way yeah. to to keep informed about everything we're doing, and you'll you'll get now because we have so many meetings. There's a lot more emails, so um, it might fill up your inbox. And if so, I just recommend give it a try, and if you get sick of the emails, just unsubscribe, and we'll talk. You know, we'll see you later.
2: <laughs> yeah, 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 but I mean, I just I don't know yeah. anybody else, Jim, that's doing that's bringing sponsors in and, and kind of vetting them as a group and then getting better terms. That that's unique. I I've just not heard of that anywhere else. And then all the education to go with it. It's a great yeah. resource. Anybody interested in passive, I don't know why you wouldn't pay 200 bucks a year uh, to go be a part of that. Um, but that, that's my shameless plug for you guys. Um, Thank just you. Just a big fan, Jim. Um, hey, on the backs of that, I always like to ask uh, my guests kind of, as, as we wrap things up, what do you think, um, is is a key ingredient to being a successful uh, real estate investor. And I always ask it like that, but let me ask you just specifically a passive real estate investor. And you kind of started with how you vet the sponsor. Maybe you kind of go in that direction, but what is it that, yeah. that makes a successful, passive real estate investor?
0: Well, you know, I I know you had, uh, had a couple of other guys on here and I think we all mm-hmm. say the same thing. So I hate to be repetitive, but it really is community. Yeah. I tell, you know, I, I talk to three or four investors a day and I tell every one of them, It does not have to be left field obviously i'm biased i think we have a great community and i appreciate your kind comments about our community but if you want to be successful as a passive investor i do not know how you do it unless you're part of a community because if you're part of a community you're going to be exposed to new sponsors new asset classes new investing strategies that if you're just sitting on your own listening to podcasts You might hear about some of them, but you're you're not going to know, Hey, is this for real? Right. You're not going to know how legit this is or how good one sponsor is versus another, or, you know, maybe you're, you're into self-storage. Well, there, you know, I'm, I have, I know of three really good self-storage companies, but maybe there's two more out there that I don't know about. I'm not going to find that unless I'm part of a community. And the reason why you need a community for this is because there aren't financial advisors that are going to help you with this, right? Because a financial advisor One, they're not licensed for it, so they can't help you. Two, they don't get paid, so they won't help you, right? And that's Mm -hmm. not their fault. That's not bashing Financial Advisors. They cannot help you. So where are you going to go to get advice? It's the same. Like I said earlier, I do not write my own legal contracts. I do not do my own taxes. And it's the same. I want to get the best of the best. And to do that, I need to find sponsors that are quality. And the only way to do that is to find a bunch of people to help me find quality Operators. And that's yeah. why I believe community is the absolute key ingredient to becoming an effective uh, passive investor. Absolutely. Yep. 100%. Yeah.
2: Couldn't agree more, Jim. I mean, I, I'd say the same thing being active, but man, even more so being passive. Um, how do you go about um, while you're attempting to have success as a passive real estate investor? Um, and maybe that makes you, you're busier if you, you, know, you got your other job. And, and I know you got a lot going on with left field. How do you make sure you're having success with your family? with brands, if, if you've man a faith with that. How do you keep that, Jim, and make sure you're having success in those areas of your life as well?
0: It's complicated. You know, no matter what you do for your day job, I mean, left field Investors is my day job. I'm a full-time passive investor and I run this community. But you got to stay focused on what's important and and why we're doing this, right? Why are you going to work every day? Well, it's it's for money, right? It's, it's to build wealth. Okay, well, why am I building wealth? Yeah. Well, the wealth gives me financial freedom. And what does that give me, right? It's a path. What that gives me is different than what it might give you or somebody else. What I I want to build wealth to create financial freedom so I can have time freedom Mm -hmm. so I can do what I want to do when I want to do it. Right. I watch my son go to school every day and I see him come home every day because I'm working from home. A lot of people are doing that now. But I also, you know, I have financial freedom now. So if he wants to throw, you know, go out in the backyard and throw a ball at at three o'clock when he comes home from school, I can do that. Right. Because I have, the freedom, because I have multiple income streams and I can just stop and start when I want to. So for me, it's focusing on the important thing, which is to build wealth so that I have time for the things I wanna do. So if if I'm building all this wealth and all I'm doing is building the wealth and not taking the time that it's giving me to do the things I wanna do with my family or friends or activities, then what am I even doing? So I think the critical element here is to stay focused in the time that you're in, but also allow yourself to go do the stuff that you're working for. Right. Otherwise, right. Why, why are you doing it? It's, re, it, nope. you know, so I don't know if that made sense, but that, that's, oh, that's for how sure. I look at it. It takes reminding yourself
2: of that, Jim, because I think, you know, almost everybody would agree with you. It's like, it's not just about the money. It's not just about having the money in your hands and having the money in your pocket. It's like, well, yeah, but what are you going to do with the money? And yeah, most people it's, well, I'm going to, I want to buy time. I want, I want to buy time with my family. I want to buy time with my friends, time with the people I, I care about. And Jim, I always like to ask for a book recommendation. Anything you've been reading lately or anything you um, point, maybe maybe do you point passive investors toward a, a certain book or two uh, to educate themselves?
0: I do. And I know Ryan Stieg was on here and said the exact same book, But and I apologize, but it's it's I'll the turn. best one out there. It's Hands Off Investor by Brian Burke. Yep. Just like I say, if you are going to be a uh, passive and in- syndication investor, you need a community. You also need to read this book <laughs> My 22 uh, year old daughter is uh, wants to be a passive investor, and I said, "Okay, step one, go read Hands Off Investor by Brian Burke. It's a fantastic nice. book. It starts at zero. What's a syndication, and it goes into just super technical at the end, but everything in between. You know, I dog eared that thing. I took 17 pages of notes. Fantastic book."
2: Yeah. I'm, I'm reading it right now myself. Um, and, and my coach had kind of said like, Hey, read this. It's good for an active investor, you know, too. Cause it's yeah. like, this is what you're pat. And I, now I've been recommending, I recommend it to my entire, um, you know, community of, of investors. It's a great book for them. And then I should read it. Cause these are the questions they should be asking me. So these are the questions I should be ready to answer. Right. Yeah. Re- really good book. So uh, thanks for that. Anything else you want to say about where people can find you? I mean, I know left field investors, the main spot. I know uh, you've got the great podcast if you want to mention that again, but uh, where, where should we send people? We'll put it all in the show notes, but. Yeah, you can
0: go there? to left, leftfieldinvestors.com. Like I said, a subscribe button's up there. Uh, if yep. you want, if you want to schedule a call with one of the founders, there's a uh, there's a button at the bottom that says contact us, and we'll uh, we're happy to talk to people if they want to. Someone, if they want to uh, contact me directly, my email address is Jim at leftfieldinvestors.com. like I said, Perfect. I talk to uh, you know multiple investors every day, and I'm ha- I'm always happy to talk past investing no, with somebody. Awesome.
2: Good, good, awesome. Well, thanks so much, Jim. Uh, you know, th- thanks for coming on. Uh, thanks for sharing uh, your your experience. I mean, great experience uh, that people can learn from, you know, maybe not make some of the um, mistakes that you made, made through the School of Hard Knocks, um, but, you yeah. know, learn from you, but my goodness, come and uh, learn from, like you said, A, community. I, I think left field investors is the best one that I know of, um, but at least learn from the community, um, if not, you know, left field investors. Um, so, yeah, thanks for coming on and sharing that, Jim. It's been great.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Thank you for having me. I had a lot of fun, Lee. Yeah, take care.
1: Thank you for joining us for another great episode. I hope you'll take action on what you've learned today. If you enjoyed today's show, please consider leaving Lee a five-star rating and review and check him out on threefoldrei.com. Until next time, 1 Timothy 617.